0: Yeah. It is Friday, November 1st, here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week nine Fan Duel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shoff. With me as always, is Jared Smola, and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, and come Saturday morning, you can see the lineups that Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. Week eight was my turn. Once again, we both played Deshaun Watson. We both played the Patriots defense. Jared, you thumped me at running back, but I finally hit all three wideouts here. And really that was the difference. I got 16 plus from Deandre Hopkins, Kenny Galladay and DJ Chark. Any takeaways from your lineup?
1: Yeah, my wideouts killed me. Um, and not to make any excuses, but you know, th- this was one of those tough weeks where it was it was tough to build a lineup on Saturday morning because at that point we didn't know for sure that Alvin Kamara was out. So I ended up playing Chase Edmonds. Where you know, if I was making this lineup Sunday morning, I'm definitely playing Latavius Murray over him. And then John Brown too. I probably would have ended up getting off with the
0: um, win that we ended up getting in Buffalo. I agree uh, on both of those counts. I ended up using Latavius Murray when I was entering lineups Sunday, but on Saturday, of course, we're guessing on stuff like that. So, you know, that's part of the risk with our lineups here, but it's a risk we're both taking and we'll both be back at it for week nine. You can see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast come Saturday morning on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, I'm going to get things started with a cash quarterback, and I like Matthew Stafford here at $7,900. He's the right mix of floor and upside to me. The game is tied for the week's highest over under. His offense cannot run the ball. Now they head to Oakland. They are two-point underdogs. The Raiders are ninth against the run on defense, 29th against the pass, so it favors the pass, which Detroit is already better at. They are uh, Matthew Stafford is tenth in fan FanDuel points per game on the year. He's the most popular QB of the week according to FanShare. That doesn't bother me for cash games. It's not you know overly popular. He's like thirteen percent something like that in projection right now. I think he's still in play for tournament lineups a little bit less so because of the popularity. But I think if you want to play him there, then you should um, stack him with TJ Hawkinson to get some differentiation.
1: Like that call. Um... I'm gonna close my eyes and click Jameis Winston here, because um, because it's you know it's it's never pretty with him, but seventy five hundred bucks. Um, you know he hasn't dipped below seventeen Fando points since week two now, and he's averaging twenty two and a half Fando points over that five game span. So you know that's good production at this cost. I just like this Buck Seahawks game. You know it has the highest over under of the week at fifty two and a half points. I think it's going to be a shootout. I like. You know, Winston's projected volume here. And this matchup isn't scary. I mean, the the Seahawks defense is not good anymore. They're 19th in Football Outsiders pass defense, DVOA. And they're 22nd
0: in Fando points
1: allowed to quarterbacks.
0: And they just allowed 460 yards to match up. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I misspoke in having the saying that the Lions and Raiders were tied for highest over under. Uh, But they're both up there. Both of these games are over 50 points. They are certainly going to be at the center of DFS focus this week.
1: Yep, it's uh, 52.5 for the Seahawks, Bucks, and and 50.5 for the Lions, Raiders.
0: On the tournament side, I mean, there are lots of options. Every quarterback from Oakland, Detroit, and Seattle, Tampa Bay is in play here. I'm sure I will go into the weekend with lineups with all of those guys. But I want to call a little bit of attention to Kirk Cousins as an intriguing option. It's 7,800 bucks. I think he's going to come in at much lower ownership. And all those guys he's ninth in points per game over the past five weeks among quarterbacks and that includes two zero touchdown games for him so even with that he's still top nine 285 plus passing yards in four straight games before last week he had three straight of 300 plus yards and two plus touchdown passes the Chiefs meanwhile have allowed 280 plus passing yards to three of the past five quarterbacks they have faced they allowed 30-plus points to each of those three opponents. That included three total touchdowns for Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. Cousins gets Adam Thielen back. I think he's relatively safe, and I think he probably has more upside than he gets credit for.
1: If Patrick Mahomes ends up playing, which I don't expect, I'd be a lot more interested in Kirk Cousins just because I think this game would have more you know back-and-forth shootout potential. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with cousins. He's obviously shown us the upside, even if that remains, you know, a, a run first offense in Minnesota. I'm just gonna play Russell Wilson in tournaments. I know he he's the most expensive quarterback. He's coming in with the second highest projected ownership at eleven point six percent behind only Matt Stafford. But I, I just love this spot and I, I hope Seattle comes out and throws it at least a little more than they usually do in this matchup. The Bucks, the best run defense in the NFL, according to football outsiders. They're 26th against the pass. Uh, Tampa's allowed the second most passing yards per game, the fifth most passing touchdowns per game. They're dead last in our adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And Wilson, you know, as frustrating as his volume can be at times or his lack of volume, um, he's already he's shown us ceiling games this season. He has games of 41.3 Fando points, 29.9 and 28.9.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that Russell Wilson has as as high a talent floor as any quarterback. I think he has as high a ceiling for fantasy as any quarterback this week. If the price fits, I, I totally agree with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I have nothing against Russell Wilson. I hope that they throw more this week. Who are you playing with him if you play him in tournaments?
1: I'd probably stack him with Tyler Lockett and BK Metcalf. And then, you know, probably bring, bring it back with either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Hmm. Makes sense. Have you
0: tried building one of those lineups yet to see what you can fit around those receivers?
1: I have not. I don't do my tournament lineups till Sunday morning. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'll be curious to see what that looks like. But there are plenty of affordable running backs on here to make it work uh, yep. and, and do dual lineup. Over two running back for cash, I'm favoring Josh Jacobs at $7,200. He entered last week a little bit iffy with that shoulder injury. Still saw his usual playing time, 55% in that game. 15 carries, 66 rushing yards, and a close matchup. They ended up losing, and against a defense that plays the run tougher than it does the pass. So, I mean, it would have favored less running. Anyway, 19.8 carries per game over the past four for Josh Jacobs. Now he gets Detroit, which is the sixth friendliest matchup for running back scoring, according to our strength of schedule page. And the Raiders enter this game as the favorite for the first time all season. So it sets up well with game script for a guy who's already playing well without being helped on that front.
1: Yeah, home favorite, the Raiders with the second highest implied total on the main slate. So yeah, definitely set up for a nice Josh Jacobs day. Um, I I, I want to first mention Jalen Samuels at five thousand, who I think is a must play if James Conner is out and Conner missed practice again on Friday, so it's trending towards him not playing. So I think Samuels is a lock in cash with Conner out. Um, I like Aaron Jones too, seventy seven hundred bucks. The guy is red hot. This is a nice matchup. Chargers 24th in Football Outsiders run defense rankings, allowing four and a half yards per carry through running backs. And I mean, Jones is playing that massive role in the passing game, averaging close to seven targets per game over his last five. Not as important here on FanDuel versus the full PPR on DraftKings, but I mean, it definitely still helps.
0: Yeah, it's still going to give him yardage. It still adds a uh, touchdown upside to him. So yeah, can't complain about that. My only issue with Aaron Jones is that now that his price is up in that range, he, he's he, he's a little bit volatile with, you know, if he comes out and fumbles early, <laughs> it could be a Jamal Williams game all of a sudden. Yep, that's fair. On the tournament side, I like Derrick Henry at 6800 bucks. Mm-hmm. The matchup heavily favors rushing over passing. Carolina's third in pass defense, according to Football Outsiders. They are dead last against the run. As we've mentioned plenty of times, even when Tennessee is not winning a game it's still there there's still plenty of work for Derrick Henry he's seen 15 plus carries in every single game and even if Carolina pulls ahead in this one I, I I don't think they're likely to jump out to a huge lead and push the running game further aside so I think Derrick Henry would be involved I think that the chance that he only carries 15 times versus 20 plus is what makes it a tournament side and he's Um, touchdown dependent. So if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's probably not going to give you a big week on yardage alone. I am right with you on Derrick Henry. He's
1: my tournament play. Like you said, Carolina dead last now on football outsiders run defense rankings worse than even the Dolphins. Carolina's along 4.9 yards per carry to running backs on the season, 5.3 yards per carry over the last four games. You know, we, we just saw Tevin Coleman have that monster game against them last week. And, and Derrick Henry, I mean, I think he's priced fairly on FanDuel here, and he's coming in at just
0: 9.4% projected ownership. So love him for tournaments. Yeah. And I should say, he's not totally out of cash consideration by any means. I just think no. I feel better about him. As a tournament option. Agreed. Uh, While we're talking about ball carriers, I'm going to take a minute to talk about Manscaped.com. Manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I didn't know a thing about this Manscaping stuff, but I picked up the perfect package kit from Manscaped and it covers everything. I started out doing absolutely nothing in that area. Now I'm going at it Charlotte's Web style, trimming a new adjective in the landscape every week. Make sure my wife keeps coming back to see what's new. You'll get the Lawnmower 2.0 in that pack. You'll get the Plow, an old fashioned razor for the close stuff. You get body wash, you get deodorant, you get toner. Like I said, covers everything. And as a listener of the Draft Sharks podcast, you are eligible to get 20% off and free shipping on all orders at manscaped.com with the code. Draft Sharks. That's 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Just head over to their website, shop around, find the ideal package for you at Manscaped.com, and then make sure that you type in the promo code DraftSharks, all one word, at checkout. Try to save yourself some money on that. Now we'll move over to wide receivers, and for cash, I'm going to start with DJ Moore at $5,400. He has seen eight plus targets in three straight games now, Last week against the Niners was the first time in his five games of eight plus targets this season that Moore has fallen short of 9.1 FanDuel points. He has scored 12 plus FanDuel points in the previous four of those five games. And that included three games with Kyle Allen. So just to make that a little bit more understandable, he's had four games of eight plus targets with Kyle Allen and three have seen 12-plus fan duel points. The matchup here favors passing, over rushing for the Panthers. The Titans are tougher against the run than they are against the pass by Football Outsiders DVOA. I don't think that DJ Moore presents the ceiling for uh, to be a tournament option. Uh, it, it, there's always a chance that if a guy is getting the targets, he happens to find the end zone once or twice. So uh, he is in play, but I do like DJ Moore better as a floor play than I do as a ceiling here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think he's in play across formats at that price. I mean, that's, that's just way too cheap for DJ Moore. So I I like him in cash, and I think he's in play in tournaments because I mean, at that price, you don't need a monster game. If he if he goes for eighty sure. yards and a touchdown, that's that's a nice day for, uh, in a tournament for that price. So that's true. Yeah, that is very true. I'm going Marvin Jones in cash at 5700. Jones doesn't feel like a cash game guy, and I mean, even his production has not been like what you're looking for in cash game this season. He only he has three games this year, a fewer than seven Fanduel points. But I guess just at this price and in this matchup that you talked about, you know, with Matt Stafford, the Raiders are 27th in Fanduel points allowed to wide receivers. So just at this price in this matchup, I'm willing to take the risk on the lower floor for the chance at you know a big upside game for Marvin Jones. Even if he does, you know, score only seven, eight Fando points. I don't think it's going to kill you at this price tag.
0: Yeah. And I talked myself out of including him for just that reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just get a five target game from Marvin Jones. But like you said, you, you, if you're incorporating the lower floor, you have to incorporate the higher ceiling. And if we are expecting a shootout in a game that favors passing over running, then there is ultimately more chance for that ceiling to arrive Yep. on the tournament side. I'm going to throw out John Brown at 6200 bucks. I will obviously be using pieces from Oakland, Detroit, uh, some Tyler Lockett. All those guys are going to be popular. Brown, meanwhile, is going to be down to single-digit ownership, according to Fanshare, after a disappointing week eight. As you mentioned, we liked him heading into last weekend. Then we saw how windy it was in Buffalo. It was not a nice day for passing, and it didn't work out well for him. And even then... He was fine. He caught another five balls mm-hmm. like he's been doing pretty much every week. This week, the matchup with Washington is pretty much as good as it was with Philly last week. Washington is the seventh friendliest scoring matchup for wide receivers on the main slate. It just allowed seven catches for 143 to Stefan Diggs last week on only seven targets. It's one of nine defenses that has allowed 10 wide receiver touchdowns so far this year. And only the Raiders and Dolphins in that group have done so on fewer receptions allowed. So there's scoring upside, even if John Brown doesn't blow it up with targets. And if he does get extra, it's a nice spot to do so.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely hoping to go back to John Brown. As of now, the the forecast looks fine in Buffalo for Sunday. We'll keep an eye on it, you know, on Sunday morning there. I like Mike Williams for tournaments. He's also 5,700 bucks right alongside Marvin Jones there. Um, Mike Williams 10th among all wideouts and targets over the last 4 weeks he leads all wide receivers in air yards. The guy hasn't scored yet this season. Um and, you know th- this is a guy that scored about 10 times last year. Um and he's Mike Williams is tied for 8th in red zone targets this season. He's tied for 11th in targets inside the 10-yard line, so he's getting chances to score. I, I think you know he, he, he's sitting on some touchdowns here in the next few weeks. Um, the Packers are fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, but I'm expecting Jair Alexander to spend most of Sunday's game on Keenan Allen. That's going to leave Mike Williams on Kevin King, who is just 99th in Pro Football Focus's coverage grades among 130 qualifying cornerbacks.
0: I'm hoping that Mike Williams doesn't do it this week so that week 10 can be Mike Williams week on Thursday night against Oakland. I ah, don't waste him on a, on a Thursday night or Come on. <laughs> I mean, I agree that it's coming at some point. I don't love it this week, but when you add in the price and the fact that, well, not the fact, but the likelihood that they'll be trailing a team that just looks better than them right now, it certainly adds upside to him. Yep. We'll move on to tight end now. And I, I'm starting at TJ Hawkinson at five thousand bucks, really across formats here. I mentioned him on the Thursday podcast, so I'll kind of go back through that stuff. He started out this season running a higher percentage of the routes, you know, compared with Matthew Stafford's total dropbacks than he had since then. And he's he hasn't since gotten back to the rate that he was over the first two weeks, but the past two weeks for Hawkinson have been better than any others besides those first two of the season. So that has improved. There's a potential shootout here, as we mentioned. There should be points scored on both sides. And Oakland is top 10 against the run, according to Football Outsiders, bottom of the league against the pass. So we should see plenty of passing and successful passing from Detroit. We had one target for TJ Hawkinson last week against the Giants. Before that, we had six and five. So he was already getting a decent amount of volume. For the current tight end landscape at that point, I would bet on that rebounding at least some this week. And even if he just gets to, to five or six this week, that's enough to do something. Most of all, the price is awesome at 5000 bucks in this good situation for a guy who's a talented player. Yeah, I
1: actually have Hawkinson down as my tournament play. Um, you know, there's someone I'd rather have in cash that I'll talk about next year. But um, it's interesting. Fan share- Projects Darren Waller, Janu Smith, and Zach Ertz to soak up ninety-one percent of the tight end ownership this week. So I, I think you you know basically play anyone else. Like I think Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, they're good plays. We know they're elite tight ends that can go off. I think Hawkinson's a nice play too. He's projected at just one percent ownership. Yeah. My cash play though is Zach Ertz for six thousand dollars. He's been disappointing so far this season. I get it. He's still averaging eight targets per game. I mean, only three tight ends are averaging more than that. he's still run a pass route on eighty-five percent of Carson Wentz's dropbacks over the last three weeks, so the the usage has been fine. It sounds like Deshaun Jackson has a chance to get back for Sunday's game against the Bears, which I think is going to help Zach Ertz sort of open up the middle of the field a bit more. And the matchup's good for Ertz too. The Bears twenty fourth in football outsiders t- tight end coverage rankings and twenty sixth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position.
0: I don't know, man. Six thousand bucks in cash. I feel like I'd. Rather stay down with Hawkinson, Cameron Braid, Greg Olson in that range.
1: It's only a thousand bucks, you know, quote unquote. I I just think it's it's not a big enough gap for me to go to someone like Hawkinson, who you know again could could have a one target game.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I can see the the upside for Earths on tournament side. Again, Hawkinson's my starting point, regardless of contest type here. I think Cameron Brake, Greg Olson are in the same range. They're $100 and $300 respectively away from Hawkinson. So I'm starting with those guys. If I have extra money left over, I guess I'll look a little higher. I'm a total fade on Johnu Smith at 30 mm-hmm. plus percent ownership at 5,500. If I do have a bunch of extra money around, I'll give a look to Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, I think, because I, I do I do think they win on ultimate upside.
1: Yeah, again, especially with, you know, everyone seemingly piling on to Waller, Johnny Smith, and Zach Ertz and I, I think Hunter Henry is a nice play. Um, you know, Green Bay hasn't been great against tight ends this season.
0: On to flex, uh, the the 6k range at running back generally is the most attractive area. This week it includes Derrick Henry, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, who is less attractive now that we know that TY Hilton is not only out for this week but maybe out for the next 3 or 4. Uh, but then on the mm-hmm. tournament side, Austin Eckler is in that range as well. Le'Veon Bell is at 7000 bucks. Those two guys are interesting for a tournament only. Actually,
1: I actually have Le'Veon Bell as, as a cash game consideration at flex um, at, at his price tag, 7000 bucks in that matchup against Miami. I'm just hoping, though, we can use Jalen Samuels in cash again at $5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, in tournaments, you've mentioned John Brown. I like him. Uh, I think Robbie Anderson is an interesting tournament play at 6200 bucks in that matchup against Miami. Who you know just put their their only good cornerback Xavier Howard on IR, and then DJ Moore again I think is in play for tournaments or cash at flex.
0: Yeah, so you feel good enough about the matchup to overlook usage and production issues with Le'Veon Bell for cash?
1: I think they're going to feed him this week. I don't know if you you've read uh, some of the stuff this morning, but I guess Bell expressed his frustration with his lack of touches to Adam Gase this week. And, and Bell said he expects to get more nice. touches this week. It's obviously a good spot for the Jets to get him going again.
0: Yes, I like to hear that. I definitely want to use some Bell this week. I would love for it to work across contests because, you know, I've used him several times now in situations that didn't end up working out. So I want to make sure I'm on board when it does work out. Certainly it's a great place if he does get the touches. Yep, for sure. On defense, I'll start with Washington at 3000 bucks. They're the cheapest. Mm-hmm. They are they have a good matchup against Buffalo. If you do go down that far, it makes it easier to fit in Russell Wilson, some of the higher price skill guys that we've talked about already. It, you know, the matchup's fine. Washington's been playing pretty well on defense lately, but it's really mostly about the price. The only drawback here is it looks like they're going to be among the most popular <laughs> defense options this week.
1: Yeah, they are. So I, I think you know, cash only for Redskins. They make sense though if they help you fit in some of those studs at the other positions. I'm going to be attacking the backup quarterbacks with my defenses this week, so I, I would like to get the Bills if I can up at five thousand bucks. They're going to be getting Dwayne Haskins making his first career start in Buffalo. You know, Haskins has thrown four interceptions this season on very limited volume. He, he just isn't ready to be an NFL quarterback right now. So I think Buffalo is good if you can afford them. And if not, I think Cleveland at 4,300 against
0: Brandon Allen makes a lot of sense. I agree. Carolina's in play at 4,000 bucks too, if that amount of money uh, affects you, you know, if, if you need that savings. But I, I, I like Cleveland the best if you're going up from Washington. And I certainly agree that Buffalo becomes a high, high ceiling option with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Oh yeah. And it's the basically the reason I didn't mention Adrian Peterson on the show. Yeah, exactly. Even you know, I,
1: I was just thinking, even the Redskins defense probably takes a hit because there's p- pretty decent chance Haskins throws a pick six or at least turns it over and puts the Bills offense in good field position.
0: Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for this week nine edition of the FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full week nine rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the next round of the Shark Duel. You can also find us both on Twitter. We are all at Draft Sharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at SchaufDS. That's S C H A U F. For Jared, Smola, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.